G'day everybody, and for those who are coming late, you're listening to Fan Podcast. He washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck, and upon the skull of the man who killed his dad, he said, I'm mad, I must eradicate piracy, injustice and cruelty, and all my sons will follow me, so evildoers will believe that this man cannot die. The man come. The ghost who walks. The man come. Enemies beware. The phantom's always there, but you won't find the phantom. We are Expand the Phantom Podcast from Chronicle Chamber. Our website is chroniclechamber.com and you can contact us via email, which is chroniclechamber at gmail.com. You can also subscribe to us via YouTube, iTunes, as well as uh, the various Android apps. This is January Comics and News. My name is Jermaine, and tonight I am joined by Stephen. How are you, mate? I'm good, Jermaine, and yourself? Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Yeah, yeah, no, it's... um. We've made it. <laughs> we've, we've made 2020. <laughs> yeah, but 2020 started off really well. Just the same yeah. as 2020. Yeah. How about you, Dan? How are you, mate? Yeah, good, Jermaine. Good, Steve. Happy New Year, guys. Um, it's, um, yeah, Happy New Year for, for what it is. Um, we move forward to the next phase of time and we and we hope that it continues to get better. What um, what does make uh, things a little bearable is the uh, opportunity to sit down and have a bit of a chat about Phantom because, as I was just saying before we started recording, I've been, might be on school holidays, but I've been a bit busy with uh, round-the-house jobs. Jermaine, I know you have been as well. And uh, so it's good to be able to... Put the paintbrushes down and the sanding blocks to one side, and uh, put, wash our hands carefully before we uh, rifle through our fandom comics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now my wife's uh, got me painting the house, and when I'm not painting, I'm uh, reorganising the backyard because she wants a, a more zen entertainment area. So um, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. I did get to go to Bunnings today, though. So that was a nice change. Well, that, that's good. Um, just as you were talking there, Dan, um, I got a. Uh, notification on the Vic Emergency app, and apparently there's a flood about two k's from my house at the moment. <laughs> so some poor people, um, no, probably not poor people, uh, unfortunate people are, are dealing with something extra just to start um, off the year. Well, 2020 didn't have a flood that I can recall, so um, that was probably the last thing left. <laughs> yes, so, that's no good. Well, good, our thoughts with those people. Yes, definitely. So we're going to have some fun tonight. We're doing comics and news. Um, now, we did one in December. We do try and do one once a month, but occasionally we kind of get behind. So what we wanted to do, we want to start the new year ahead of schedule, in a sense. Uh, so that way we're not reviewing five comics plus the annual uh, mm-hmm. towards the end of January and you've got a two-hour podcast. So let's see if we can maybe get this one down to an hour to an hour and a half. So let's oh, we'll kick I'll it off. <laughs> All right, we'll see how we go. Um, so we'll see, we'll start off with uh, issue one eight eight two, which is the Christmas special. It's got a, a beautiful cover by um, uh, Luca Roberta. I think at this stage of recording, uh, this cover, the original, is actually still available for purchase as well. Uh, if that interests you, maybe give him a message on Facebook. Um, so, guys, what do you think of this? Oh, well, I, I really enjoyed it. And if we're going to start talking about the cover, um, I sat down with it again today and just had another appreciation of um, of Luca's work. I really like his uh, his crouching phantom there in particular. The mm. 
the lithe style of Phantom. He's not muscle bound, but he's he's certainly ripped. But um, you know, is a it reminds me more of I guess a Wilson McCoy or, or Ray Moore type um, figure. Um, the big um, the big or the big portrait I guess of of Heloise looking over the Phantom's shoulder there. Um, certainly on the socials didn't appeal to everybody immediately, but. I think sitting with it, it um, it, it looks really good, and uh, I quite like it. So I might have to go and check out the uh, check out the uh, original for that because um, <laughs> it's not bad at all. And as a as a whole comic, I'm sure we'll talk about it in a second. But yeah, quite enjoyed it. Yeah, it's yeah. a wrap around, um, Dan. I know you're. So what were you going to say, Steve? I thought the cover. I thought the cover was very striking. I really, I really liked it. Like, um, really stood out. And, and yes, um, people saying that Halloween's probably wasn't looking like um, traditionally how you picture Heloise, but it's his job to make a cover and do his art the way he wants to do it. And It's Heloise to him, it's Heloise to us. Hmm. Hmm. What I like about Heloise is like some, some artists will draw, will draw, you know, using a lack of a better word, like a porn star, you know, they'll draw every female character you know where luca has not done that she's you know um you know she's still pretty but she's not something you expect on on a cover of a playboy magazine or something like that so i actually like that Hmm. if anything she probably looks a little bit older than a teenager she probably looks um maybe early 20s or maybe i don't know yeah in that bracket yeah yeah i see where you're coming from um now, Dan, as someone who in the past has almost demanded Christmas-style covers, does the holly um, do it for you, or is that Christmassy enough, or would you prefer a bit more Christmassy? No, next? look, I, I guess I don't mind it at all, actually. The, um, the Christmas cover we got from Jeff Weigel a couple of years ago, and there was the one from Massimo Gamberi as well, um, yeah. were both excellent. Um, I, do, I can see, though, if you did a Christmas cover every year, it probably would get a bit naff. Um, so um, I, I hope that's the sort of thing that the, the publishers keep in their kit bag, and I'd love to see a Christmas cover, I don't know, maybe every three or five years type of thing. Um, so it is in, still in the rotation. But in the meantime, um, without um, what, you know, going, going to the well too often, um, the, the sprig of holly in, uh, is, a, is a nice touch. See, I, I, I'd like it every year. Yeah. I, I, it, Christmas is supposed to be over the top and a bit of fun and all that type of stuff. And if you do it every year, well, fantastic. And I only just noticed about the um, the top and bottom of the of the cover is also you know, got the yeah. Christmas holly and, and what have you. Yeah, you're you right. Also got it underneath the free the free logo as well. Um, you got the little... yeah, yeah. We knew that part. That's what we mentioned. Yeah. That the little sprig, but um, yeah, the top and bottom. Yeah, you're right. Now that I see it, of course it was always there, but I hadn't hadn't noticed it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I hadn't until you know thirty seconds ago. And Luke has signed on top of it down in the bottom right. Does that mean that this is on the original? Uh, from you memory, yes. Find out. Yeah, right. What about the stories inside? Did you read these when yeah. they when they first came out? Yes, yeah, so I was mostly following along with all of these as they as they came out. As is the case with uh, the dailies, sometimes you can miss a, two or three days or even a week and then pick it up again. Um, so it was really good to to sit down and read through the whole story. And 
you know, fill in some blanks, which was, there were some interesting blanks that, you know, I didn't, didn't realise at the time that I'd missed. Um, but, uh, yeah, really enjoyed that. I, I was in the same boat. Um, not that, I was, like, I think I always keep up every day uh, reading it. If I miss it in the paper, I go onto, um, onto the website. But um, recently when, um, in one of the latter stories, you know, just that have just gone, and the, the girls are staying or boarding with, is it Mrs. Daft or Daft? Yeah. Um, I, I totally forgot how, how did that happen, and the answer came in yeah. the stories. Oh, that's how they got there in the first place. <laughs> right, because everything else I'd, I'd remembered, but hmm. I couldn't for the life of me remember how they um, came to board with her. So we should yeah. say that the Christmas special has it collects the three um, newspaper stories. It's the Daily Kit Writes Home, which is the, the 250th and shortest ever daily story um, in the newspapers. And also Heloise Comes Home, which, um, you know, despite uh, despite the, no, the title, probably only the first half actually deals with Heloise coming home. The second half is a ripper action sequence as uh, yeah. Adam goes to um, rescue is it Indira, uh, Sahara. Um, Cardia's mum and the nomad's wife. Um, he and I'm sure we'll talk about that shortly. And then the uh, the Sunday, the little de- detective who disappeared, and um, yeah, by Jeff Weigel, all all written by Tony DePaul. So um, I guess the key part of this is that it's a it's a collection. Do you feel like it comes out a little bit like Kids at Home is two years old by the time we read this? Yeah, uh, you feel like it, it comes out a bit late. I know yeah. that the trend has been for Christmas specials to collect the newspaper stories, but would we like to see them come out, you know, more promptly when the story finishes? Twice a year, twice a year. Like we're, we're two behind now. Let's let's do another one in six months' time, and then another one. I, I think you know, even more regularly than that. I think we're that far behind with a few of the stories. I don't know. I have to double check, but I reckon we could maybe get three in. Yeah, I, I think two. I think to um, you know get rid of a uh, collector's replica. <laughs> well, that's not going to happen. But I'd, I'd hope um, to see that they get the, the reprint um, some more soon, like whatever they have. Yeah. Um, and the benefit of doing two or even three, as you suggest, Stephen, would be the fact that you can have more than just one color issue per year. Because in 2020, this is the only color issue, apart from the triads. Trade paperback. Oh, was it? Yeah. So if they're doing, say, two of these or three, like you said, you're doing a lot more colour issues, which then That's gets... That's if they have to do colour. Well, I, I think they've started that tradition. It's, it's not made for break, I think... Well, funny you should say that, Stephen. We are looking at doing a podcast talking about the Phantom and Colour, but we'll talk about more <laughs> about that later. But personally, I like the colour. And I reckon if through a serious about experimenting with colour, these are a good way of doing it. Same as we'll talk about 1883 soon. But um, two, you know, you've got to have more than just the one, one issue a year in colour. I think that because it's originally published in colour, that probably makes it easier for through. That's one cost they don't have to wear. Um, I, I'm lean, and I have enjoyed, and I've probably been on the record as saying in the past that I've enjoyed the collection of the newspaper stories um, as a Christmas special. But it is starting to feel like it takes a little bit too long, and maybe I'm, I'm starting to think maybe it would be cool to have um, the newspaper story published in a through, you know, within weeks of the story finishing in the newspaper. 
um, to, to be did it. Um, I guess the, the challenge for Dudley and the rest of the fruit crew then would be that you don't know what the size of the story is that's coming at you and how many pages that's going to take. So um, I guess that's harder to plan for in the publishing schedule. Um, I don't know what sort of communication they have with King Features about that stuff, but uh, probably not much, I wouldn't have thought. Yeah. Yeah. Going from past um, conversations, yeah, probably totally squat. Um, and you, you can't... Uh, the way Tony DePaul writes as well is he will do a short story, then he will do a long story, and then he will yeah. do it. So, you know, you can't budget in a sense like like Jim used to be able to because when uh, when Jim, like Jim did it, you know, within a month they were out. Um, I also reckon that Dudley and the, free, and the free guys are probably a little bit more than just, say, a month in advance. With all their issues and stuff like yeah, that. Well. No, yeah. I wouldn't be and, and also, with mm. the um, with Tony's uh, stories, like some of them flow on naturally, and others yeah. are completely different. Standalones. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, speaking of the stories and what Tony's done with them, let's let's actually talk about Kit's Letter Home, for instance, uh, as the first story. Um, to to summarise, we've got Kit in the Himalayas. Uh, Kit Junior. This is obviously the twenty future twenty second Phantom. Um, and, um, yeah, he's, he's in the Himalayas training. He's pretending to be not only the, I can't remember which two phantoms it is, but two of, he's pretending to be two of his ancestors and everyone's apparently falling for it. He writes a quick letter home and then burns it and, uh, goes to breakfast. Um, it's basically just a, a catch up of, uh, where Kit's at and his interpretation. It's funny that, uh, he has seen the news about the capture of the Nomad, congratulates his dad on it and mocks Heloise for turning all girly girly in New York and not understanding yeah. the, the <laughs> truth of what happened with the Nomad. So I enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, your thoughts on that very quick story. I, I liked it because it reminded, it reminded that Kit, where Kit is kind of like what he's up to. Uh, it was the 11th and the 16th Phantoms, the previous Phantoms. Um, and it, it, it kind of makes, keeps him relevant. Um, so yeah, I, I thought it was good. And, and then what I'm hoping is that when the attention turns to Kit Jr., however way, then maybe we will have another short story of say Heloise, like you know, the roles reversed yeah, yeah. or something like that, as well, as to kind of keep Heloise relevant yeah, um, yeah. when we focus more on Kit Junior. Stephen, any thoughts? Oh, I think that's that all. Nothing really much more. I do, I do like the fact how he—it's really for his own mental health. How he's written a letter home, yeah. and then, well, then he's had to burn it. Yeah. Yeah, but he's like, but I love it how he even goes as far as to address the envelope and, yes, and all that sort yeah. of stuff. And then it's off in the wind in the smoke. Well, it's the yeah. second time. And, and actually, we might get you to lead off on the next story, Steve, but um, it, it actually, it's the, the first of two references in this, in this issue, in this pair of stories um, about, uh, bo you know, Box 7 Mauitan. So um, still oh, yeah. fandom folklore and that sort of stuff. So anyway, um, that said, do you want to do you want to tell us about your thoughts on Heloise Comes Home, Steve? Well, um, it was, I, I really like the story. And this picks up after um, Heloise has um, brought down the Nomad and um, she's wandering around the streets of uh, whatever city was. Manhattan. Um, was it Manhattan? Manhattan, New York, somewhere around there, wherever the Bryson School is. Mm. Um, and yeah, just the fandom elements are in it, like getting to the um, 
the consulate or is that what you call it um and you know the, no, no id but it's got the got the good marks that that's the passing um the phantom just lurking in the background you know dressed as an ordinary man or ordinary helicopter pilot um Lager's there. You know, it's a good fun story. It's a good reunion story and everyone's back and happy and we're all good. And then it turns into that cracking... Um, oh, before it gets to the to the rescue story, we've got um, poor... Uh, what's her name? Cardia? Mm. Um, mm. Who's really dealing with um, with a lot lot of stresses at the moment and, um, yeah, well, pushes, pushes her literally to the edge. And um, so that's going to be an interesting story development and themes going forward here. Her relationship with Heloise and and um, what's going to what's going to happen with with Cardia next, in particular with her mental health. Um, and then yeah, we get the rescue mission going to the the Nomads Fortress, or um, to try and rescue Cardia's mother. And um, of course, being the Phantom, the good guy. Spoiler alert: The good guy wins. Um, <laughs> and but uh, the Phantom says to to write a letter to to Walker Box Seven, and um, so there's a second reference to to it. Um, and someone will answer you, and we'll we'll um, be able to get in contact with you. Um, that is that a good summary of the the story mm, without giving yeah. too much away. Did you enjoy it? Oh, Uncle Dave! I forgot about Uncle Dave. He's a real important man in in the anti-terrorist world now, isn't he? As it turns well, out, he was. Yeah. So yeah. I just thought he was a policeman, but now he's a. <laughs> no, in um, oh, what was it? In just before uh, Lee Fork passed away in like the late nineties, he actually switched, um, yeah. and he he got into the anti-terror. There was terror at the opera or, or something like that, which was 1999 story, which was where you, there's a story about him being in the anti-terrorism um, department, Homeland Security or whatever it is. It's all, it, it all works within his wheelhouse, doesn't it? He's, you know, a lot of people would remember him as the chief of police in New York and um, he's the guy. Yeah, so he's the guy, it's all, he's the guy you go to. It's an area, isn't it? So yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so a couple of, I thought, so this story goes for nine months, which is quite a long time. Well, like we said, it's kind of like two stories in one. You've got the welcome mm. and reunion, and then you've got the rescue mission. Yeah. I thought um, page 35, um, I'll just show it up there for our YouTube viewers. Hopefully you can see that. Um, I, I wonder who wrote that, whether that was a Tony DePaul who wrote that in or whether it was a Mike Manley who um are we talking about the Trump tweet? Uh, yeah, about the Trump tweet. Uh, and then the, the guy saying, I know, does he have to have security clearance? Um, so I thought that was a bit funny. Um, I, I kind of, I, I just wonder who, you know, which of the creative teams kind of put that in. Um, and then there's also, also... The next page on, on, oh, sorry, two pages over on 37. I can't. I remember discussing this back at the time. I can't remember if it was Mike or if it was Tony. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was a Mike idea um, with the reflection of the Phantom in the windscreen when he's laying out his. Um, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. So that's that, on that, page thirty-seven. 
Top of page 37. Yeah, I, I don't know that I'd picked up on that. That's that's a really cool... That'll be Mike, uh, Mike Manley effect. Yeah. Um, just going back to that same panel you were looking at, Jim, with the Trump tweet in it, on the right-hand side, there's a, a model kit, a Ravel 1-72 scale kit, <laughs> and that'll be Mike Manley. He, he's loving doing those things as well. Uh, or maybe it's a little uh, homage to Terry Beatty, who uh, is always posting about the model kits that he was, he's uh, mm. making at the moment. So on page 37 also... Um, there's a panel of the Phantom laying out his costume for the extra gear. Um, there was actually, when this story originally came out, there was um, an article on our website about uh, basically Mike and Tony DePaul uh, realising that if you're going into battle, you're going to probably need to carry some extra ammo clips. Mm. Um, so, you know, that's a pretty cool reference. And then, yeah. How do, you, how do you reckon? Because that, that was, that, I know Tony, um, when we chatted about it, he was not concerned, but it was a, a thing that he was thinking about, that uh, how are people going to receive this? Um, how did you guys receive the idea of the Phantom striding into battle with the, you know, all of this, this extra gear attached? I think it makes oh. sense, and I like how he explained it. So it's like, you know, um, you know, Extra ammo, medical supplies, different world now. I learned that, you know, the last time, you know, the last time he went into battle with them, he needed extra ammo and extra, you know, medical supplies. So, you know, you got to, and, you know, he also talks about it's a different world. He has to be modern. He doesn't go around with that. He doesn't look like Rambo with the gun clips, you know, across his shoulder and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, he knows he's going into battle and he's going to be fighting probably 20, 30 people. So I, I don't have a problem if it explained it, and I think it worked well. Yeah, and, um, the, like, the costume and everything is has remained similar for 21 generations, mm -hmm. but it hasn't been the same, you know. There's been... There wasn't always the, the, the pistols by his side. It was swords and stuff like that, and his boots yeah, have changed. Yeah. It's just a, a, a natural progression. Agreed. And we, we were even talking about the tweet and there's about, you know, there's a dozen um, shots of smartphones and that sort of thing. It's a, it's a modern world. He's not climbing up a, a telegraph pole to patch into the X-Band yeah. anymore, um, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it certainly gave us a, a cool podcast name. But, uh, but it is. It's the modern world and uh, it, it just makes sense to me. And it, and it was written in really well. Mm. Now, what's actually interesting is I'm not sure if anyone's actually picked this up. So start off with his, uh, page 53. You put there. You, he's got you know count the count the clips on his on his chest. He's got three, and then we go down to uh, 57. You have a look there. He's got two on his chest. <laughs> Um, and then where was, uh, if you look at page 59 at the bottom, you actually see him reloading. Um, again, I'm showing this up on if you're on YouTube and stuff like that as well. Mm. Now on page 61, you will see at the top of page 61, you'll see him reaching for the last clip. And then in the next panel, you actually see that he's got no clips. On his, on his chest belt. I totally missed that. It's a, that's a it's a really cool um, 
thing that, uh, you know, I hadn't followed that either. It's, it's a great pickup, Germ. And again, whether that's uh, Tony putting a note into Mike Manley saying, hey, make sure he uses these up or Mike just doing that as he goes. It's worked out really well for me and I'm just going to put in a little humble brag since we're stuck on this page anyway and talking about it because um, I was lucky enough through through the um, generosity and the assistance of one Duncan Munro to pick up um, an original from this section of the comic, uh, the, the bottom panel on page 60. And uh, because oh, wow. of exactly what you've just said, Jermaine, um, my, my original Mike Manley doesn't have the Phantom carrying ammo clips around on his chest. They, he's already used them all up, so it uh, looks like a uh, more traditional costume in the original I've got. So happy days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, anything else you want to raise about that story? So yeah, from- I think um, the yeah. Stephen mentioned it a couple of times in the two um, in, in t- talking about both stories, and that's uh, the idea of mental health. Um, we've um, we've been quite um, effusive and, and uh, um, you know uh, grateful, I suppose, or, or acknowledged the work of Michael Soul in the writing that he's done for Team Phantomen in terms of bringing mental health issues into Phantom stories. Um, and Tony DePaul's doing exactly the same thing here. Um, it is great for Kit's mental health to get out his stories and then, yes, he has to burn them, but he still had it all written down. We know that that's a great way to look after your, your mental health is to write things out. Um, we talked about, we've got de- depictions twice of Cardia um, Sahara about to commit suicide, standing on the edge, that sort of stuff. Um, and then in the in the panels following where we've been talking about page 66 through to um, 68, 69, we've got the Phantom actually having a, a nightmare about the men that he's been forced to kill in this bloodbath, in this in this in this action. Um, and that's something else we probably should talk about: is the Phantom quite explicitly has killed people here, um, and it's a bit of a you know something that a lot of traditionalists like is the idea that the Phantom doesn't kill, and he has here. But he's also dealt with it. He's also processed it through the, a dream that we watch. And um, I think that Tony DePaul um, and the art of Mike Manley is, is pre- bringing it to us really, really clearly, um, it, not shying away from those conversations about if this is a real-life hero and the Phantom is as real-life as anything, he's not a DC or a Marvel, um, mm. he's an ordinary man, and all of the characters in it are having ordinary mental health problems and dealing with it as well. So um, kudos to the creative team for, for not shirking that. And, and I think it adds, I think it, it, that, that passage of the Phantom's dream where he's dealing with that, um, that action sequence, um, that's really powerful. And that's one that I hadn't followed so well in the newspaper. And I'm so pleased that it's um, been put so that you can go through and absorb it in its whole, uh, in its totality um, in this, in this collected comic. And it works so well as a collected comic. Like the whole, um, the whole story um, works really well as a comic, um, rather than just you know day by day by day by day. It really... I think I think the saga of the Nomad. Now that's a trade paperback that uh, should be collected mm. at some point. Mm. Yeah. So what do you what do you think about color? Like, do you are you liking these stories in color? Well, yeah, they look great. But mm. if it were black and white, they'd still be a good story. So. I just wanted to. I've also got uh, on my hands here Phantom Man issue 25 26 of 2020 when these stories were also printed. Now, I'm not sure if you can actually see that again if you're on YouTube or not, but I'm not sure, you know, you, it probably won't come across um, very well 
on, uh, on, on podcast. The, the top one is the Phantom Man issue, which is slightly smaller, and then the bottom one is um, the Free Comic. And I've, I've, I've matched up the dream sequence that you were talking about, Dan. Um, the Phantom Man... Phantom Man colours are a lot more crisper and a lot more clean than the fruit ones. Um, now, I'm not an expert when it comes to paper quality. Paper quality is fairly similar, but it's just interesting that the um, uh, that the the, the, the the what do you call it the the colour definition is different. And I will say that I, I think I prefer the Phantom Man um, colour. Is it more glossy, whereas the fruits are more of a matte? Um, the what, the paper? Yeah. No, the paper is basically the same. Okay. Um, so the 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 Phantom Man paper might be a little bit more whiter, where you know, so it's, it is a better quality, but the thickness is the same, and it's the same, you know, it's the same type of paper. It's just. The Phantom Ends is probably a little bit more lighter. So I just thought that was worth kind of pointing out and, and identifying. Um, what's, what's interesting is if we're just, we're just going to do these two panels, the gun on the Phantom End is a lot more... Jim, we can't... You're all muffled because you're behind the comics. Yeah, we can't hear you. It's all blurry anyway, mate. <laughs> yeah, From well, you... is, yeah. So the gun... This is the front one up the top. The gun, you can see the gun better, but um, you can't see the gun as well on the, um, what do you call it, on the Phantom Man one. So there is there is some negatives of it, but overall I think the, the colour is better on the Phantom Man one than the three one. Cool. What do you think about the little detective who disappeared? I really like the way this one started. Yeah. Uh, um, and oh, there's other, I was reading about, movies that kind of do this too, like give you the re the resolution at the start and yes. then you see how you reach that reach that point. So I really like how they use that storytelling device um, right at the start for it's on the first Sunday uh, when it came out, you know, everything was going well until he showed up. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, and this is, it's a fun little story. Like there's, yeah, it's, it's not as deep and as, um, as the ones we've just been reading. Um, it's bad guys doing bad stuff covertly. Um, they get caught out, the Phantom goes and um, sorts them out. Um, not very long from memory. How, how many... When did this last? Um, so it's page 72. There you go. 18th of 11, 2018 through to 12th of the 5th. So about six months. About 25, store, 25 pages. Yeah. yeah, about six months, yeah. Now, I really liked it. Um, what's interesting, page 83, uh, it's uh, the old man there is actually a picture of Wolf Cranberry. Don't bother talking, Jim. We can't yeah, hear you. Yeah, Jim, every time you hold up a comic, we can't hear you. Um, it doesn't help. No. <laughs> Couldn't understand a word. So... Jim, I'm sure what you said there, Jim, and honestly, mate, that even standing to one side, if anything, that made it worse. Um, there's a depiction of um, Ulf Grunberg on page 83. Is that's page who you're talking about? 
Yeah, so that's that's Elf Granberg. So that's a depiction of Elf Granberg on page eighty-three. Yeah, and uh, that that's a really cool touch and a nice nod from um, Jeff Weigel um, to because I think that one um, was actually Tony DePaul. That one who asked him to do it. Uh, to, yeah, Tony DePaul asked for that one, so Tony DePaul organised that one. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Jeff has just got a style that works really well for replicating um, real life faces. I think. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, anything um, else you want to raise? Well, I like it. I, I like it. Um, again, I, I guess fun is the word that's been used. I, it's. I like the fact that it's a standalone story. Um, I really am enjoying the continuity that the dailies are providing and the movement of the Phantom Universe and the the. Uh, everything we've talked about, about um, how this ties into the Nomad story. But I also really enjoy the fact that Tony DePaul still has the space to write standalone stories that you can enjoy of themselves without needing to um, be part Mm. of the bigger picture sort of thing. Yeah, it's just like a nice little break. Yeah. Definitely. All righty. Anything else you just want to raise about that issue before we move on? No, I think we probably spoke about it for longer than I expected to. (laughs) Okay, so the next one... newspaper stories more often. <laughs> yes. Uh, the next one is one eight eight three, which is titled "The Poor People's Plague." Now, this one's also in color. Um, it was it was a nice surprise getting two color issues in a row. Um, it was a nice surprise getting a lot earlier than the the advertised yeah. sales date too. <laughs> I think I think what it was is Free wanted to get that out so they can have a ex, actually have their holiday. Um, so good work. So subscribers subscribers actually got this before Christmas, despite the fact that as we record this, it's not on sale in newsagents yet. Um, <laughs> it was on sale in my local comic shop though, so that was handy. It was there you go. So um, it's supposed to be in newsagents this Thursday though. Yeah. So the the day this podcast releases will be the day it's released, or the day before or yeah. after. But so it's a good. Be careful, careful with spoilers this time because we've had it for three weeks already. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not three weeks, but <laughs> well, about three days. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Dan, what did you think about this story? And again, um, won't talk about the plot so as much. No, no, I won't talk about the plot as much. Um, other than to say, and this, I enjoyed this until about halfway, at which point I probably stopped enjoying it as much. And that Isn't halfway through the story or halfway when it changes stories? Sorry? Halfway through the, the first story or halfway when it changes? Well, uh, probably halfway through the first story. Right. Um, then it started to lose me a bit. And yeah, I'm. Sorry, a, Andrew and Jason. I'm just not a fan of Crusader. Uh, I'm not enjoying those ones much at all, to be honest. So, was it the zombie elements that you didn't like? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I enjoyed getting in color. I enjoyed it kind of being like a a prequel for the next uh, instalment of Phantom by Gaslight. Um. I don't mind the the left field story elements, um, but I'm kind of sitting on the fence. I'm not a I'm not a zombie fan either. Mm. Uh, I'm not a real horror fan. 
Uh, in fact, I actually banned my wife from watching horror films because she would make me stay up and uh, because she'd be too scared. And I said, I'm not staying up anymore. You're just not allowed to watch them. Um, <laughs> so, but I'm going to sit on the fence and kind of see where it's going to go. You know, oh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't read it, and I'll still read the next um, instalment of Phantom by Gaslight. I guess there's probably just more supernatural elements yeah. um, and to the whole Gaslight genre than I really understood. Um, yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah. Because if, it, if it's kind of got like a, a more, I don't know the right word, but more of a normal explanation i'll be like yeah that was quite clever but if it if it goes to 28 days later style or you know i'll be yeah i'll be like uh, yeah no nah, it's not really mine yeah so, so well, and days later style would work because that was fairly um oh what's the word um like grounded in reality yeah somewhat um <laughs> But, well, and I think it's quite uh, topical. Yes, it's taken up, it's been turned up to 11 or 12. Um, yeah, that's a good. But everyone's yeah. talking about, you know, the plague and, and everyone's been going back in history about other times things that, things that happened. Yeah. So it's very topical, just turned up to 11. And, um, you know, playing the blame game about, you know, who, where to come from, who we're going to keep out. You know, there's things about other... Um, Get the Prime Minister on. We've got to stop the boat. So that's anyone who knows Australian yeah. politics. Yeah, there it is on page eight. Um, that's like the first thing that gets done with the new government. <laughs> yeah, stop the boats. Um, yeah. Oh, there, there's a number of um, really topical pieces of dialogue through it, isn't it? Oh, there is. Um, I like the way you explained the dialed up to 11 or 12. I think that's a very good way of, yeah. of, of, of explaining it. And... And that's what gives it its fantastical element. Um, so the, there's a whole bunch of things that we're familiar with. You know, when you talk about the plague, you see those guys in the, in the big crow mask or, you know, the big yep. big beaks. Um, and and everyone's so scared about uh, COVID and, well, they should be definitely be aware of it and concerned about it. Um, but this is just putting the um, hysteria up to, you know, 11 or 12 and, mm. um, and making a story out of it. Um, Oh, I was and I, and, uh, talking about colour before, and I know we're going to do a colour program um, later, but I really like the way that Jason does his colours. Um, very big, very bold, and um, just, uh, the way he does them, so people aren't always like black or white or, or different shades in between. But um, so even there on page three, you know, people in the background are pink or they're blue or they're yeah. yellow and that type of thing. They, he uses colours to to make fo to focus where you got to go. Yeah. And then other um, other parts they're more natural. Like on page five, um, the colours are much more natural in the first two. And then you know, once the shock and horror and everything comes out, that's when the the different colour palette um, happens. I also after reading this, I thought, I wonder how much realism is in this. And the there's a doctor in here. Uh, I've forgotten her name. Charlotte, Charlotte something. Um, Charlotte Adams, Dr. Charlotte Adams. I thought, oh, maybe she was a famous plague doctor back in the day. Um, the only reference I can find to a Dr. Charlotte Adams was Home and Away back to in about 2001, <laughs> 2002. So uh, I know maybe Jason was a Home and Away fan. Home and Away fan. <laughs> and it, um, snuck in. Um, I, I like 
Jason's colours. I think his I prefer his stories in colour than black and white. Um, and I love your points about the way he does his colours as well. Hmm. Yeah, I um, think. And, that, yeah. No, I was just going to say that I think that um, Jason's art can be really busy. Um, mm. There's so much going on in each panel, and the way that he exactly as you said, Steve, uses yeah. colours really to separate layers and focus the yeah. eyes around helps you distinguish but around all that busyness. So, uh, yeah, that's very and the fact that he's doing it all himself. So he's written the story, he's drawn the story, and he's coloured the story. So he knows exactly where the viewers yeah. are yeah. Uh, should be going. And it's interesting that um, in the message from the publisher, Dudley has said that um, they were going to, they, their intention was to publish it in black and white. Um, Jason supplied a black and white version, but also the colour, um, you know, sort of unsolicited. And uh, they were so impressed with it that uh, that they used the colour. And I think that um, you know, I might be drawing on a conversation I had with Jason 18 months ago now at Supernova, but I think that he does that quite a lot, his colour color pieces as well, almost as part of his process, um, and then it's up to Fru to decide uh, which way to go with it. I was going to say exactly the same thing. I think you and I are in that same conversation yeah, where yeah. everything he draws, he, he provides to him, yeah, the two versions. So, yeah, it's... Um, and I, I... Like, yeah, I, I completely agree with what you've said. Um, sometimes I don't always like Jason's... Um, work because of the busyness and stuff and but this I really I was very impressed with especially with the, with the coloring and I think it I added a new a new dimension and a new appreciation for me to his to his work yeah yep. I like it how it's still set it's still found by Gaslight but it's a completely new story um, we've got something you know um, a lot of the, the similar characters but we no longer have that that huge um, I don't know conglomerate of bad guys, and there's no no um, Julie, and no no, no other fella. Those elements behind, haven't they? So it's kind of like starting. I don't want to say starting afresh because the other guys might come back into it again, but put it back in that world um, with a story yeah. that's relatable. Um, mm. Another thing, just as I'm flicking through it again, I don't know if you guys have got Stan. Um, but I started watching. I don't know last year, um, sometime this series called Penny Dreadful. Um, I think it's, that's what it's called. I started watching. I watched the first season; it was pretty good. Haven't got into the second season, um, and it's kind of got that sort of element. So, if you've been, if you've watched uh, the Penny Dreadful series on Stan, um, you might get a bit of a kick out of this story. Yeah. Now, Dan, you said you're not a fan of um, of uh, what's his name? Phantom Crusader. Phantom Crusader. Yeah, I did get carried away um, there where Stephen asked me about it and uh, probably put my cards on the table. Uh, look, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I, I wasn't a fan of the uh, the Night Phantom, um, any, any of those stories that I think it was close to Matthew's pen. One of them, I think maybe the first one, was Jamie Johnson's first cover um, years and years before he became a regular artist. Uh, no, I'm not, I'm not a fan of these Um this isn't the Phantom, you know, it's, it's a different character um, that yeah. I am not familiar with and am yeah. not warming to. I would rather, I, w I would rather get whether it's Gaslight or some of the, you know, the Phantom's world stuff that um, uh, Egmont have produced or even the Phantom and kids or even kid Phantom. I would prefer some of that stuff as your comic fillers than something like Phantom Crusader. I'll also oh, wow. um, 
Paul Mason's phantom in Nam. I know we know yeah. that he's. Oh, I'm looking forward to hitting. I'd love to be so seeing. There's plenty of options, hmm. and they're all they're all more phantom than phantom crusader. Correct. So yeah, no, I, you know, well, we've just named half a dozen different options, you know. So um, yeah, so hope hopefully we don't, you know, and I like you know I like the creators of that phantom crusader, but it's just yeah, it's. Oh look! Maybe I'm, it could maybe it would be better if it was in a giant size. Well, that's that's what I was just about to say. Would you guys yeah, appreciate yeah. better if it was more if it was in a giant size rather than a regular issue? Yeah. Look, I, as I said, would have said last uh, time we reviewed comics. I really like Andrew Constance's writing. I really love the the Raven stories that he did. Um, so uh, certainly nothing against the creators, the creative team. I just don't like this character. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. It, I don't mind it. I. I, yeah. I I would like to see more Phantom, of course, but um, mm. maybe this would work better in a, in a yeah. giant size Phantom where, you, yeah. where you're used to yeah. seeing other characters. Yeah. I don't mind the story. I thought the, I liked the story. There's yeah, a, the story is good. Yeah, I thought the story was you know a fight on the on the um, drawbridge or the entry into the castle, trying to take back, and you know all the odds are against him, but he's just he's he's going to have a crack. And I'm I'm wondering you now if the crowds listen to this on page 27 where. Um, and the bad guy is, I don't know, saying something um, about how she. Oh, that's right. She's going to take over the castles once you know he left for the foreign lands. The, there's got the he, her goons in the background. I don't know if you guys go into comic shops much, but um, there's a thing there about the Batman who laughs. I think, and one of these um, the guys in the background kind of looks the same. He's got these bars over his eyes and got this kind of like helmet thing. He's not. He's not smiling though. But it just, I think it was dark metal or heavy metal. I don't know. Some sort of DC imprint, but it's a different way of doing Batman kind of combined with it. I don't know the story. I didn't read it, but it just showing me, it just gives me an element there. If the if the big, I'm talking about top of page 27. Yeah, yeah, I'll say, yeah. If the fellow was smiling, I definitely think it was a throwback, but he's not. He just kind of looks like a, you know, big grump. Mm. But um, <laughs> he's got the headgear that kind of reminds me of that. Of that Batman that I've seen in the comic shop. Yeah. Um, no, guys, anything in the forum letters that uh, uh, perk your interest? <laughs> wow. Funny you should say that, Jermaine. <laughs> um, as a, there's a letter here by a fellow named Rod. Good old Rod. He's a, he's a sprightly young 83 and a half. And um, he mentioned, we talked about the, the Raven stories just earlier. And, um, I think he was looking forward to it. Yeah, nothing should, yeah, he's liking it. Um, and Dudley replies to him, I'm glad you like it, Rod. Uh, triple well, you know, positive feedback, it's all good. Sadly, this may be the first and last time we ever see these two characters appearing together, unless we can convince the licensor otherwise. For reasons unbeknown to us, they have, a, uh, they have objection to the Phantom appearing with any other heroic characters which at this juncture puts the kibosh on any of our plans to explore the idea further. We will see what can be negotiated. Now, if that means that we can't get stories like um, Shane Foley's um, uh, Scorpia or any of those other combination stories where we had the fam show up with um, Sir Falcon, those fantastic stories with um, Raven or any others that can just explore different stories, well, then... AFS need to pull their head out of their backside and, or 
you know, does that mean if you don't mm. want the fan of working with other people, does that mean we're never going to see Defenders of the Earth again? We're never going to see, well, some people might not like the, the King's Quest or whatever it was, um, things where they work with Flash Gordon and Jungle Jim and all those mm. other all those other guys. Are we just going to see standalone, which is fine. Standalone fan stories have been great yeah. for 85 years. But don't just cut off um, another vein of gold. Um mm. Yeah, the stories yeah. with the shadow there, the deep dive, I think, is in one yes. of the later stories. Yes, part three in this yeah. issue, which we'll be reviewing soon. So, well, fair enough if you don't want to mix up with Catman. I don't really like Catman. But all the other guys, I thought they were pretty good. And mm. have the Phantom and Mandrake again, like, maybe <laughs> Fog did it. Yeah, it's, it's very... Um, if it's just... If it's all these stories in this issue or whether it's just the Raven, or whether it's the standalone issues, or whatever. But, yeah, you know, it, it's very... If it is what we're thinking it is, it's very short-sighted, I completely agree. I'm, hoping it's, I'm uh, hoping it's just the regular issues that, yeah. that it can't be, that if there is any team-ups, it has to be in the giant size. That's what I'm hoping. Um, but, yeah, I must admit, I read that as well, and I thought, oh, no. Yeah, so. no more team ups at all. Um, we, I did. Well, I've only just read the comic today. I've sent a, a message to to Dudley. Yeah, you know, he's doing his own thing. It's New Year's and whatever. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe the the response will come in next month's fandom forum. Um, yeah. but as of yet, there's been no response. But it's only been like a few hours, so I wouldn't expect it anyway. <laughs> it's the second of January. The man's entitled to a holiday. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, not. <laughs> Doesn't get tested by us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So talking about team ups. Um, oh, Dan, anything you want to add to that response? Oh no! Other than I've enjoyed the Raven and uh, the, the Raven stories, I said that, and Death Dive, which we're about to talk about, is another cool story. So, um, and, and Defenders of the Earth, you know, we're 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 looking forward, and we'll talk about the toys that are coming out for Defenders on the Earth later this year. So, um, you know, the Phantom is a character that can work in a team up. Probably not. You know, we don't. We're not going to see a not Justice known League. For it, yeah. Um, but. You know, there does there would seem to be a place for it, and why would you? Yep. Or whether we whether you believe it's a gold, a vein of gold or a vein of bronze, why would you tap, <laughs> cut off anything? Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, interesting. Yes. All right. So the next giant size issue, which is fifteen, um, which has got another um, retro goodness uh, style cover from uh, Glenn Lumsden. I really love his covers. Um, so this has got a Charlton story, which is Band of Betrayers, which is a 1970 Charlton story, written by Norm D. Plum and drawn by Jim Apario. It's got Deep Dive, part three, which is written and drawn by Glenn Lumsden, which was um, The Phantom and Shadow. And then the other Phantom story is Further Scorpius Epilogues, I think there's more uh, epilogues than actual story. Um, there was a lot of chapters. Written in art by Shane Foley as well. Um, so, yeah, no, um, so we'll just do these three stories. Um, uh, any any comments? 
Well, I'll start just quickly on the cover. I think this is one of my favourite giant size covers, and it was very close to my top three uh, when I was voting. Didn't make it into the top three. I'm sorry, Glenn, but uh, it was certainly one that was in consideration um, when I was voting for the uh, the fan favourite survey, which I'm sure we're going to spruik at some point towards the yes. end as well. But make I sure you jump on chroniclechamber.com, follow the links to uh, the best of through. Uh, 2020 survey that we've got going. Um, really enjoy the, you know, it's the the Phantom saluting his other comic character friends sort of thing and um, does separate them, um, which is kind of what we were just talking about. But anyway, yeah, I really enjoyed the cover. Um, the stories, the highlight for me was Death Dive um, Part 3. Um, there's uh, Glenn Lumsden posted on Facebook about, um, you know, regretting, no, having initial regrets that he didn't have the story finished in time to go into Giant Size 14, which would have meant that it came out in consecutive issues, um, but actually thanking Glenn Ford for telling him, no, the story's not ready yet, go and finish and do it properly um, and publish it. And, and Glenn Lumsden was quite appreciative of that and, and quite chuffed with how the, the, the comic had finished out. And um, I'd have to say I agree. I really enjoyed mm. Death Dive as a story. It's an absolute highlight yeah. from all. Now... It's quite violent. Um, you know, there's people getting blown up by explosives, a guy getting his ear shot off. Does that, did that worry any of you or is it just like, again, the fact that they were playing hard, the Phantom and the Shadow kind of had to play hard to kind of match them? Oh, the Phantom's lucky. The fellow's still got his ear there. He's just missing half of it. <laughs> Did any of you have any problems with it or, or not really? I personally didn't. No, uh, not at all. I'd be quite happy for my 11-year-old to read this. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's not glorified violence. Uh, yes. yes, it is violence, but it's a it's a comic book too. So, yeah. um, you know. And it's not gory like Game of Thrones where the panels no. have got blood splatter all over them and, no. uh, and stuff like that as well. So, oh, it's phenomenal though, isn't it? Oh, the detail is what I love, just like the cross hatching um, and, and stuff like even something just as small as on page 13. You can see the cross hatching. I'll talk about it, then point it up and not say anything while I'm pointing it. Like on the rope. Yeah. Just, you know, the, like the, just the detail on the rope, um, on the shadow of the shadow on the shadow on page 12. Um, I was talking to Glenn Lumsden. Oh, and then the pages on page 14 and 15. I was talking to Glenn um, about the story and he was really happy with the way that his work portrayed or was printed in this issue, how it, um, uh, how the fine, fine details that he drew came out in the story as well. So, um yeah, this this sequence, this story, because it's a three part. This is the third um, part. Um, wasn't this the story that got Glenn Lumsden the cartooning award for twenty twenty? The Ledger, am I right there? I think it was. Ooh. So, concerning an award or just a nomina nomination? No, I, I think he was the top award. Yeah. Oh, really? I have to double yeah. check. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Um, and, and certainly the uh, hands up, I haven't read the other ones. I've got no idea what the, uh, the <laughs> candidates 
were who were opposing to him, but um, they'd have to be very good to stack up against this because the artwork is is phenomenal throughout. I'd really um, and I was I'd like to actually see this. It, it's, it feeds into the the conversation we've just had, I suppose. But I'd actually really like to see the three parts um, put, put, brought together and published in a regular Phantom comic. I, and you could do that later this month. Um, and um, because it's not in, you know, there might be there'd be through readers who don't pick up Giant Size yes. and would not have seen it at all. And and I think most um, Giant Size readers would love the opportunity to read it again as a combined package. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah, um, I hope that that team up uh, not in the regulars is not a not a real thing because I think, yeah. Dudley, if you're listening, that's my idea for 2020. Put Death Dive into a, in a single issue for us. Well, and then the other idea is that, like you said, some readers of Giant Size wouldn't be reading the regular issues, and some buyers of the regular issues wouldn't be buying the Giant Size. So you could do them as the backup story as well. Because you know they've got the different parts, you know, and and it just and, and it's a good cross platform to for people to be able to go and buy the giant size, or you know, if they're only regular, reading the regular issues, it's like, hey, this is what type of stuff you're going to get in the in the giant yeah. size. Go buy. So um, yeah, perhaps I would like to see it compiled into a single issue, personally. Yeah. Maybe not this year. Maybe you wait a year or two. We'll put it in an annual. Um, uh, anything else you want to talk about, Deep Dive? No, if you, if you put it in a single issue, make it colour, right? Just bring that argument back in again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just sort of something different if you want to put it yeah. in this year. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now... Now, I must admit, I'm not sure if your guys have got this, but for Shane Foley's story, my um, it's all printed, crooked. What page are we starting on for that? Uh, try, go 44, 45. Mine's pretty straight. Yeah, uh, so... I'd call that straight. If you look at mine, um, you, can, you can see the panel at the top's gone uh even if you look here on page 44 there's the, some of the colors so i'm glad it's just my copy and not um and it didn't actually happen oh, for everyone else no i see what you mean now uh, very very minimal geez you must have a, an eye for detail jim well on page 48 i've got the whole top panel the whole top panel all the words are gone so it might have happened with some other issue, some other issues, but not every issue. Um, Are you excited because yeah. that means that everybody else has got the story properly, or that you've got a unique variant that you can uh, claim is worth twice the price? Oh uh, yeah, no, um, I don't think that's really the case. Now, <laughs> something we need to talk about on page. Now, did when you read the story, the the princess or the queen Scorpia? Did you just recognise her, or did you no. do you know her name? Because her name's Shiva. So she's the villain. Well, she's kind of like a villain, but she. Do you remember Prisoner of the Himalayas, which is like the fourth daily story? Um, <clears throat> there's Bart. Uh, Bart, someone who was actually an Australian bad guy. 
and he tried to take over and become the Maharaja or or something like that. So Shiva was his girlfriend. Um, And and the reason I want to point that out is because in a past podcast, we were talking about Queen Scorpion. We said that it would be really cool if she was a past someone someone who the phantom has already dealt with and so um what's actually interesting is once when we discussed that shane foley listened to it and he actually rewrote this part to include that because of we suggested it so a little bit of a bragging moment for us (laughs) there you go (laughs) i thought Um, having um uh, is it Kit, the Catman Junior, as is a Planet Man, or you yeah, know, dressed up as the thing? But that was a nice touch, getting him. A, you know, he's like Nightwing now. I guess he's he's broken away from Catman and going to be his own hero. Yeah, no, I, I think that's good. And people have kind of already been introduced to Kit and stuff like that. And um, so yeah, no, I, I think it's good. Um, I, I'm enjoying it. I wouldn't mind seeing what, you know, what he's kind of got up his sleeve for next. So, but apparently it's Judgment Day. We've got uh, 56 at the bottom panel. So I'll be interested to see what Judgment Day is. Anything else you want to raise? Nope. Cool. All right, well, what we're going to do is um, we're, we're going to hand over to Mikkel um, Lick, who is going to do a review of Phantom Man issue one of 2021. A new year of Phantom Man comic books. However, this issue, number one of 2021, that I'm about to review here, is planned on the 2020 budget. So it reminds a lot of uh, some of the other 2020 issues with reprints and all. It starts off with this amazing cover by Henrik Sahlström, as we expect from him. And then we have this editorial page uh, that actually has some great news that the amount of subscribers that is usually declining around 10% per year, this year stayed the same. Yay! And then there's quite funny mail uh, from a... It's like the spam mail from the Nigerian prince wanting to fish some money and uh, Mikael Sol makes a funny remark. I, I like it. Uh, then the main story is uh, the Of the Same Blood by David Bishop and Cesar Spadari. It's a reprint from 2004 that continues the death of a phantom that was reprinted in the issue 21 of 2020. As I mentioned in that review, I really enjoyed these stories about the Pirate Queen and this is no ex- exception. And it makes me think that I wish that all the previous Phantom has such memory, memorable storylines so you could recognize them easily by like, oh, the the fifth the Phantom or the 18th Phantom, like, like this one and the first Phantom with the origin story and the sixth with the founding of the Jungle Patrol and with Redbeard and all of that. But maybe we get there someday. Um, then the issue has this publishing schedule, amazing art by Luca Arbata, and uh, 
to note here is that issue 1 is released already on 29th of December of 2020 and the issue number 2 is released on Thursday the 7th of January only 9 days later so that's quite a bit shorter than it used to be and also from that on uh, it starts to be published on Thursdays instead of Tuesdays and that's uh, I mean it's not a huge change but uh, it, Tuesday has been the day for many many years so a, a change nonetheless and then we have a second phantom story in this comic book it's uh, the fencing master by Lee Falken Öskan Eralp and that's because they say Lee Falk because it's a remake so they, this makes it a reprint of this story from 1970s that is the remake of the McCoy story the heavyweight champion from 1956 and uh, it's pretty pretty funny actually for uh, for the time and the art is quite good I would say then we have a preview of issue double issue two three uh, looks like a continuation of the stories about the 22nd phantom set in the future uh, that you might know that I really enjoy and I think this cover is amazing and uh, then there's uh, two Falk and Barry stories the adventure of Lucy Carey and the mystery of the islands of the dogs of dogs yeah I'm looking forward to that issue it should come any day now uh, and that's it for the reviews this time so let's start talking about news and the first news is a big one in Sweden as Chronicle Chamber earlier reported Mikael Sol is leaving Egmont during his many years as editor of Phantomen and writer of multiple stories I want to thank him for a job well done I really enjoyed the direction he took with the Phantomen and its content and I think he did, yeah, he did a great job I will be missing his influence uh, and let's see if there are more news from the other Chronicle Chamber guys. Uh, happy phantoming. Alrighty, thank you Mikkel for your reviews. Um, Mikkel also uh, talked a little bit about um, Mikkel's, about the news about Mikkel Sol uh, stepping down. Now this kind of came a bit of a shock to myself and kind of came a bit of out of the blue. Um, I must admit, I was, I feel, I kind of thought that probably in the last year, maybe two years, he had like hit that top, you know, the top level. It was kind of on the rise. And then he, he was, you know, I, I still thought he had a lot more in him. Um, I believe it was for uh, some personal reasons as well, uh, like with travel and, and, you know, his new job's a lot closer to home and, and everything like that as well. Um, obviously, you know, lifestyle balance is most important, but I think we will miss Mikel Sol as uh, editor for Phantom Men. Mm, mm. I think um, shocked but not surprised was probably my yeah. re re initial reaction. Like, I was, it came out of the blue, like you said, but when you stop and think about it, it yeah, the Phantom, and Mikel has said this himself, the Phantom is not a lifelong passion for him. He came to it through work um, and research and, and did the best job that he could because yeah. it was his job and he did a great job at it. Yep. And 
um, we got about 10 years and, and you're right, he, as it was really starting to hit his straps, I think, but, um, um, you know, 10 years is a long time in any one job and sure. um, people people need change and to move on and all the rest of it. And I certainly don't begrudge him doing that. So yeah. um, I will continue to stay subscribed to Mikel's uh, YouTube channel and learn all about these uh, Lego that he builds and uh, um, enjoy his work there. But, uh, yeah, I guess I, on behalf of myself and I think probably the whole of Chronicle Chamber, um, we thank Mikel very much for the work that he's done mm-hmm. and appreciate it. And uh, as we said in the in the web post that we wrote up about it, um, you know, he's big shoes to fill and then Phantom Ed yeah. are going to need a Phantom Ed are going to need to get it right um, with somebody to, to step in um, because it's a, it's a challenge. It's a challenge yep. for the global Phantom community. Um, if, if Egmont, Team Phantom uh, are no longer there or drop off in any way, um, you know, it, it will have far-reaching effects. Yeah, and I think we saw that with the issues in 2020, which were mainly reprints because the budget had been cut. Uh, thankfully, the budget has increased for 2021. Um, I think that, like him fighting for the budget to be increased, along with the fact that, um, you know, obviously the flag cover of, um, uh, of the LGBTQ uh, community. But I also think um, uh, as the art helping with the uh, Chronicle Chamber book, um, they're probably the three things that will probably stay with me. Um, is is the fact or if I was to add a fourth it would be the fact that he actually like communicates with us and talks to us about you know things that are happening and gives us comments and you know and stuff like that so they're probably the four things that probably will stay with me about his you know um, uh, his you know his era or his time that he spent on the Phantom Man comic Mm. so um I think I think what will probably happen is he'll probably st- I think he's probably I think he said he's got everything planned up until March or something like that, and then he'll probably you know they'll find whoever's going to be the new editor, and then they'll they'll probably be uh, between now and say when he officially stops, we'll, they'll probably work alongside, and then Mikel will give him a, a crash course in the Phantom um, and. We'll probably go from there, and I guess we'll have another um, another podcast guest that we'll have to try and hunt down as well. Fingers crossed. We'll uh, have to make sure um, Mikel leaves a, a few stickers or a, a key ring on the desk when he leaves, yeah. so that uh, um, the, the incoming editor can see, has our contact details. That's probably not a bad idea. We'll have to get onto that one. Um, so yeah, so thanks, Mikel, for everything that you've done. Um, we wish you the best with your future. Um, future job and good luck um, finding someone to fill those big shoes. We do need to acknowledge at this point that uh, we lost Steve and East from uh, from the podcast while Mikel Lick was delivering his reviews. Um, they were that long, Mikel. Your reviews were that long that you put <laughs> Steve into sleep. <laughs> We started later tonight than we probably wanted to because I was uh, yeah still knee-deep in paid-up paint buckets. So sorry, Steve, for um, delaying the start and uh, forcing you to to hit the sack. <laughs> yes. All right, so we'll move on. And that, the next set of news is the Best of Fruit survey is now on our website. So it must be said that this is uh, an entirely 
fan created survey or a, a fan survey. Um, so this isn't run in a sense by Fruit. It is endorsed by Fruit in yeah. the sense that we do partner with Fruit. Um, but it's not through that actually has uh, organised it. In other words, we're willing to do it so they're not going to compete because it's one less thing for them to do. So they're more than happy for us to do all the hard work. And then basically it gives them an idea of what the fans like. Um, So if there are covers that you like, if there's um, stories you like, make sure you go and vote. Uh, By the time this podcast comes out, there will be about, I think it'll be about four or five days left of it being um, published. Uh, where, sorry, where you can still vote. So make sure you you go and vote if you haven't already. And there are five prizes this year. And um, there's um, only 85 responses to... Well, I say only. 85 responses is a good number of responses and certainly indicative of uh, um, where people are at. But that's much less than our um, regular podcast listening numbers. So if everyone who listens to this podcast jumps on, uh, we'll have a much better indication of what everyone else thinks. And um, certainly that that number's a long way away from the finishing number from uh, many of our past surveys. Yes. So um, while we, we've got... Uh, Early indications of some front runners. Where I'm hopeful that we'll get a lot more uh, responses to. Do you want to, to quickly go over a couple of the pre-runners? I've got it in front well, of. Well, maybe maybe without um, without going who's first, second, third, fourth, whatever. Just um, maybe some of the the, okay. the people are uh, considering. All right, so these are kind of like the top. So the uh, favorite covers. So this is uh, the top four. We've got uh, 1861, which is by Luca Aberta. Uh, 1866, which is done by Alex Tripp. Uh, 1869, which is done by Danny uh, Daniel uh, Picciato. Um, 1876, which is by Grange Wallace. This is one of his Ibis Mysteries. And then the other one is uh, 1877. So this is the top kind of like the top five for the favourite covers of the year. 1877 was another Daniel Pachado, wasn't it? Uh, 1877, yeah, another Daniel um, one as well. Now, yeah. the favourite through story um, so far, so we are looking at the fight against Singh, um, which is uh, I'm quite proud and, and happy to see that up there. Um, held to account by Duncan Munro, which is in issue 1869. Uh, the Ibis Mystery, um, which isn't a real surprise. And then this one might be a surprise to some people, but it's not a surprise to me. Uh, the Adventures of Lucy Carey, which is done by Lee Fork and Simon Barry. Um, okay, so then we'll go down to the favourite overall issue. So, again, I'll do probably four or five here. So we've got um, 1858, which is the 2020 annual special, which was the Island of Eden special. Um, 1866, which is one of the parts, one of the stories um, of the fight against Singh, which is the 22nd Phantom Saga. 1869, which is the held to account story, which also features... Uh, that's the story by Duncan Munro and Jeff Weigel and also a Prince Rex story. Um, 1877, uh, The Adventures of Lucy Carey. 
and it also has the um, story by Peter Anderson and Raphael uh, Dantes, which um, is The Outlaws. Uh, that doesn't really surprise me either. And then the other one will be the Free Trade Paperback Number 3, which is the Trades um, Saga. Mm. So that's kind of like, where, you know, early indications of where the votes is kind of like at the moment. Anything that jumps out at you? Oh, there's look, there's a couple of surprises for me. In there. Yeah, but I'm, I'm probably not going to go too heavily into them because we've got our Best of 2020 uh, yes. podcast coming soon. So... Um, I'll, I'll keep my powder dry for, for that episode, I think. But uh, if the results finish the way that they look at the moment, there's a couple of surprises there for me. So, hmm. yeah. No worries. All right, well, the next bit of news, which is maybe the most exciting bit of news um, over the Christmas period, was the fact that NECA Toys has announced that they're going to be doing their first wave of the Defenders of the Earth line in the first quarter of 2021, which will likely be February. Uh, so as most people will be aware with uh, Boss Fights and also now NECA, they have a line and then they do a wave. So um, we've got three characters in the, fir- in the first wave, which will be the Phantom, uh, Ming and Flash, which are probably the most popular three. Um, now, Dan, I believe you are going to be bringing up some images, so for our YouTube viewers, can have yeah. Yep. Yeah. So if you're on um, if you're on YouTube, you can follow along with us as we scroll through the website here. But um, this is um, this is the link that we shared on Facebook on at chroniclechamber.com on Facebook. You can look for us there um, and be uh, getting the access to this as soon as. Uh, as soon as we find out about it. But if I just scroll down there, we can see some close-ups of the three characters, Flash Gordon, Ming, and the Phantom. Um, I know this is a Phantom podcast, but of the three figures is, is that picture that it looks like there. He's certainly the, le- the least detailed. There's the least yeah. detail on his, his costume. Ming in particular, um, the detail for this for this mm. figure is amazing, isn't it? It is. It is. Um, and you're right about the Phantom, but I think that's kind of to be expected because realistically all he is is just the one colour leotard. Oh, for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm not yeah. being critical. <laughs> it it yeah. is what it is um, because certainly as we – I guess it just speaks to the quality of the product mm-hmm. that they put out. And even though the fandom has got less detail to his costume and stuff, if we go down, um, you know, and look at this pose where they posed him with a with – a, that's just fantastic. I mean, the, the, the detail in the – the muscular, the muscles, and the the um, the facial expression and the fist. Um, the I'm betting that if we if that was in focus, we'd see a really clear skull ring and yeah. uh, good mark. So um, yeah, I'm I'm very excited by the way this is looking. Yeah. So the price is about oh, can't remember what the price is. I think it was thirty or thirty five US, which works out to be about fifty or sixty Australian. It's not cheap, is it? Might be a little bit more, maybe seventy Australian. By the time um, we get posted, yeah, it's not cheap. But you got to remember, these are a lot bigger than the Boss Hero ones. What's the uh, size of these ones? Uh, these are the, I think these are the six-inch ones, where the Boss Heroes are the four-inch. Yeah. Okay. So and, um, very looked very poseable. Um, yeah. 
And if and if I scroll back up here, we can see what uh, what each character comes with. Mm. Um, and so the Phantom has got um, two sets of hands that he comes with. It's hard, a bit hard to see the weapons, but obviously there's the gun um, and a couple of. Uh, can I zoom in on that? Yes, I can. Um, and a couple of um, flash sticks or something by by the looks. Um, a couple of things that traditionalists will will note. Um, a he doesn't have the striped undies, but that is a Defenders of the Earth thing. Phantom never had the striped undies in Defenders of the Earth. Um, the other thing is that's not Devil. What? No. Well, Devil's not in Defenders of the Earth. No, he's not. No, he's not. Um, so that is I, Zuffy. It's an interesting choice. Why? Why Zuffy? Well, Zuffy was in the original Defenders of the Earth. But he wasn't really affiliated with the Phantom. Well, he was affiliated. He was probably best friends with, um, oh, what's the little boy's name? Um, I can't remember the little boy's name. Oh, uh, not Rick. Um, no, no, no. Mandrake's son. Well, Mandrake's adopted son. Um, I can't remember. Yeah. The point is, I guess, I'm probably a little disappointed that that's there. You know, that's not going to be at the front of my collection for sure. Uh, mm. Zuffy, he'll he'll stand somewhere towards the back. Um, I there, there was a jaguar, a panther, that I probably would have preferred to see. That was with Jetta. That's fine. That's it's a better association than Zuffy. Well. I would prefer the Panther with Jetta. Now, the reason why, and I, this is just a guess, the reason why I think we've got Zuffy is because if you look at the other, the other weapons and accessories that you get with Ming, Flash, there's not much with the Phantom. So, you know, Ming's got a no. staff, he's got a, you know, he's got the hands, he's got, um, you know, the, the, the punch sword. thing and the sword, and then... Um, uh, Flash has got three hands, a sword, and stuff like that. So I think Zaffy is probably a, a filler um, to kind oh, of yeah. Um, yeah, the, the pack a little bit. I'm not too worried about it. Uh, oh, I'm not. Um, I'm not going to not buy it. It's just something yeah. I'm not going to display. I've just um, brought up here if you're on um, the the packaging that comes with each, and that I guess shows what you're talking about about the filler. Mm. The, um, Zuffy up in the top corner of the Phantom's box there is is something that makes it look like you're getting more in there. So um, yeah, uh, the, the the packing's amazing as well. Uh, do you want to scroll across as well so you can have a if you're on YouTube uh, the other way? <laughs> um, you got the side, oh, the back of the boxes. Yeah, and then so what what we discussed is that we assume that Wave Two will have Mandrake and Lothar. Yeah, um, and at the back there, you can actually see Mandrake and Lothar. Can you zoom in? No, that's as far no. as I go. So, um, so yeah, no, the package is great. Um, that's Wave One. It'll be interesting if there's going to be anything else with Wave Two, along with Mandrake and um, Lothar. If there was, I would probably assume it would be one of the ice robots, or is it Gurax? No, not Gurax. Um, not the kids, you don't think? Sorry. Not the kids? No, I think they might be wave three, and then you might do like the three of them or how many is it, the four of them. But And then that will probably depend on how successful these are. I think it's smart doing these three first because these are probably the most popular. Yeah. And it will enable them to kind of like get 
most of their money up front, which will then be able to be able to use to get the other waves. They'll also be able to identify whether there's actually a market for it or not. Yeah. So um, as a as a collector, Germ, do you think you're going to get a Flash Gordon, a Ming, and a Phantom, or are you just going to focus on getting a couple of Phantoms? Or um, what? What? No commitments, obviously, and your wife's not listening and never will to this podcast. So, <laughs> what are your thoughts at the moment? Um, I'll definitely, I definitely want two Phantoms. Yeah. Um, I will probably get like the two Phantoms up front, and then I'll probably like get some of the others as they go. But getting, you know, at 70 bucks each, getting two Phantoms, that's 140, getting, you know, that's 280. I don't know how much I can hide that from the missus. Yeah. And um, I, I mean, I've got a Mandrake Galoob figure from the 1980s, um, um, but that was sort of accidental. Um, he's up on the shelf. I didn't chase him. Um, I'm, I'm a Phantom fan. I'm not a Defenders of the Earth fan necessarily. Yeah. So I definitely want, and the problem is, if I get a Ming or a Flash Gordon, I'm going to need to pull them out of the box. Um, so I'm gonna. There's going to be the temptation to get two each of them as well. And and as you're right, the numbers start to stack up pretty quickly. Yeah. Um. When you when you're doing that sort of stuff. Now, what may be an option, and this will be something that I'm going to be asking, is maybe ask your comic book shop, um, if they are getting them in, because if they're then getting them in, you can maybe lay by them, or, or you know, it might work out to be eighty or ninety bucks each. Well, you know, because they're going to make their profit. Yeah. But, um, you know, it might mean you can lay by them instead of having to kind of buy the three or the four at the time, which, you know, it, it's a little bit easier getting, part, you know, getting $20, $30 uh, a week or a fortnight um, past the wife than, than $300. Yeah. Yeah, I, I certainly one ahead of you. I've already forwarded this link on to uh, my local comic book guy, and uh, he's excited too. So um, if if NECA will do it, and they're um, they're supposed to be getting sold in in Walmart's in America, so that's uh, a significant distribution channel. Yeah. Um, so you'd think if they're organised enough to be able to do that, then surely yeah. some orders from overseas will be uh, well received. Yeah. No, so it's, it, it's, it comes down to Phantom fans hassling their LCS though, because then all of a sudden, if Necker are getting orders from dozens and dozens of American store of Australian stores, sorry, yeah. um, then then hopefully they'll um, they'll jump on board. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, it's very exciting. Uh, February is not far away, so I'm going to have to probably order some of them quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so this will be our last bit of news, and so we might actually hit the one hour thirty mark. Um, this is something that we haven't actually published on our website at the time of recording. Um, but WIC Publications, which is a Germany company, uh, we've talked a little bit about WIC Publications before. Uh, they now have the license to produce some of the old Bastia phantom stories that were previously unpublished. Uh, they're being touched up, dialogues being added, re, you know, redone and stuff like that. And then they are the information's still a little bit sketchy from what we've been told and what we're kind of remembering from past conversations is the first issue will be from around in May and there's likely to be two of those a, um, uh, a year. 
So if you didn't, rem- if you don't remember, we have a um, an article with Peter Mennington, who is was the Bastia writer. He wrote over two hundred and about two fifty phantom stories, which actually puts him at the third most uh, written phantom stories in the in the world. So he's a fairly well, you know, he's a fairly credentialed phantom writer. Is that two hundred and fifty published? Yeah, well. Uh, behind um, Kaiser Ramifi and Lee Fork, of course. Um, so uh, in that article, he in the interview, he talked about how there were some unpublished stories. Basically, he was just churning them out. Uh, and then there were some stories and the artwork had already been done. And then there were some stories that he submitted where artwork hadn't been done. Someone has got a hold of all of that. Um, and basically, they're going to start publishing, which is quite exciting. Uh, Wit Publications do a publication called Bastia. I don't know how to say the German word, but it's basically Friends of Bastia is kind of like the rough translation. Um, and they do a kind of like a bi-monthly or a, or a once a quarter article on things from about Bastia comics. And so seeing he now has all this phantom information, phantom drawings and unpublished phantom stories and because of the issue 50 which we did a review on which is on the website because of that got so much popularity he thought well there must be a market for it and so he's going to be publishing a story and quite possibly to a year so that's that's quite exciting um i will be getting some and we'll review those as we get them as well um yeah so uh, it's quite exciting. Um, any news that we've forgotten, Dan? Oh, just a very small bit of news from me, and I guess it's a um, uh, follow-on from our Christmas special when we were talking about our Christmas wishes. Um, I'd just like to report for all of our followers that not only did uh, my family come through with the goods of a phantom heat mug for Christmas, they also got me the jigsaw puzzle, from uh, both from Icon, which I'm very excited about, but um, I've trained my family so well that I actually got two Phantom Heat mugs. You can see that one's opened and gone. It's upstairs getting uh, breakfast every morning and two jigsaw puzzles uh, so that I can actually do one and collect one. They know me finally. They can't just get me one of anything. I've got to get two so that I can put one in the collection and actually use one. And they're excited by the fact that I'm going to be using things. So um, just a bit of a follow-up there, a bit of uh, fandom news from Christmas for me and uh, a big thumbs up to my family for uh, coming through with the goods. Yes, and you'll be doing the review from the puzzle as well. So... um... The pro- yeah, I will. The problem is that um, my son, who loves jigsaw puzzles, um, Angus is uh, it's part of his mental health, I suppose, as an 11-year-old to sit there and, and do some... He, he got four jigsaw puzzles for Christmas and he's halfway through his Harry Potter one. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not doing the jigsaw puzzle. I need him to help me sit there and help me with it. So um, I, when I review it, I don't know that the puzzle will be put together, but we'll certainly have a look at the insides anyway. Oh, no, I, th- I think the review needs to have the jigsaw puzzle. Complete. Completed jigsaw puzzle. Well, yeah. don't hold your breath then. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, that will be coming out as well. So uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to us. Uh, hopefully this was an enjoyable podcast for you. Hopefully you've had a better start for 2021 as 2020. Um, remember, stay safe, everyone. Please observe all of the um, needed precautions. Um, 
Uh, I know some people don't believe it's necessary, but it still is necessary. Um, that's a shout out to my younger brother. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, stay safe, everyone. Um, until next time, uh, thank you. We'll just quickly sign off. So remember, you can. Our website is chroniclechamber.com. We are all on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're also on YouTube as well. Our email is chroniclechamber at gmail.com. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, or other apps, either Android apps like Podbean, Player FM, CastBox, et cetera, et cetera. And, of course, we're on YouTube. So from myself, uh, thank you, uh, Dan, Stephen, and Mikkel. Thank you for your reviews. Uh, from myself, happy Phantom, and see you next time. Happy Phantom, everybody. Piracy, injustice and cruelty And all my sons will follow me So evildoers will believe that this man cannot die The Phantom, the ghost who walks The Phantom, enemies beware The Phantom's always there But you won't find the Phantom He finds